trying out the Matthew McConaughey this week because Adam Ooh. says we need to get a better way of greeting everyone. I feel like that's not the way. We'll find a way. Oh, okay. We'll make our own way. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> Is it just, just because he played a sexual predator in that movie? God, I mean, Rebecca. Yes, I, that is the reason. We love sexual predators. We just made another one our president. <laughs> Joe Biden won, everyone. You're safe in the future. I mean, yeah, this, it's like old news by the time they hear this. Yeah, seriously. Whatever. So this is the Spooky Succubus cast. And we are, because we haven't explained our premise in a few episodes. We are. We haven't. No, we, like, haven't been doing it. (laughs) Whoopsie-daisy. We are an anti-capitalist, anti-racist, feminist podcast examining horror movies from the lens of those who are kind of marginalized from the canon. Uh, So I think that was snappy enough. That was great. So Are you distracted by something? So. (laughs) Okay, so I'm eating pizza in this closet right now um, (laughs) because I'm hungry and I just came home from work. And my dog, I have to, usually I close the door, but I left it a crack open because he's, he's crying out there because he can't see me while I'm eating. And he's like trying to paw the door open, but he keeps accidentally closing it on his head. No. Bartleby. Poor Bartleby. So if there's some exterior sniffing noises, you know who it is. Today is our first day recording with alcohol. Oh, yeah. I'm half a cider in and only one piece of pizza, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get loose. <laughs> okay. So today so... we're going in the way, way back machine. Oh, my God. To House on Haunted Hill. From 1959. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we posted our Instagram that we were going to do this, my friend Kristen, who I work with, was really jazzed up. She said... It's her favorite, and she and her mom would watch it together annually. Like, it was like a movie they just watched every year. And Aww. I said, like, on Halloween, and she was like, no, I just grew up kind of watching it whenever. And her mom grew <laughs> up watching it, too. So I wanted to give Kristen a special shout-out because this movie is close to her heart. We're going to mangle it for you, babe. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to ruin it. But I had never seen this movie before somehow i don't know i like vincent had you Price. ever seen like the a clip even of the like last scene in the wine cellar the skeleton yeah that was yeah. all i had seen of it before i watched it a few weeks ago they memed it i think right it became a meme i'm pretty it sure it's like it's like a living meme yeah basically I, yeah thing. so that's i and i didn't even really know where it was from i knew this was a movie i've seen the shitty remake that maybe probably I think one day Tay Diggs a few is years. in that remake though. Tay which Diggs. makes it worthwhile. Yeah. yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch did, it again. I have even watched though, it recently. Yeah. Yeah, I can't it. like I can't overemphasize how much my like intake of media is just real housewives and horror movies right now. <laughs> and I'll like take a break from the chaos of real housewives to watch a horror movie because I find it more relaxing than housewives. I, I mean, I'm not a connoisseur of the real housewives of wherever i mean i I can get you into it but it's just going to degrade your experience as a human i feel like i'm too far behind i i can't like i can't there's too many housewives now i'm like i wouldn't know anything about the the history of it i don't know the archetypes i don't know the who hates who whom oh well i won't get into it (laughs) 
that's not that's what for, we're an- here for another podcast for another oh my gosh day. like anybody needs another white woman doing a bravo podcast though i would <laughs> i that would sounds like fun even though i don't watch any of the shows i'd still listen to you talk about real housewives that's that means a lot thank you we've done that at bars so i do that not yeah, it, well, my friend Laura, who is also a listener, and I have a tendency. I mean, I feel like we just like bring out the housewives in each other. So whenever <laughs> we see each other, we have a tendency to like alienate everyone else that's there because we're catching up on what happened on Potomac. If you're a housewives <laughs> viewer and you're sleeping on Potomac, watch it. It's so good. But that's not what. But we're anyway. Here to do. Yeah. <laughs> So we're talking about 1959's House on Haunted Hill, directed by Victor Salva. No shit, that's not what it was directed. We we also also watched William Creepers. Castle. Yeah, <laughs> William <this> Castle. <laughs> I, I just said the name of the director of Jeepers Creepers because What's... I am a film historian. <laughs> right. So we're professional. I know that this movie was originally made in black and white, but I watched the color version. Did you? I w- I watched the black and white, and then I saw snippets of the color. The color. How do they do that? I don't. I don't understand. I think they have to like film. physically color each frame, like paint it, like they did. I think for so. Old Disney movies. That seems maybe. Like a lot of work. If you know, just I mean, we don't care. Don't call it's us fine. out. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> I did see that her her gown, Annabelle's gown, at the end is blue, and it was like such a nice flowy i wasn't sure oh what yeah, color. yeah yeah it's like a bright blue or baby blue or it's really nice and then her outfit did you see that the outfit? purple the purple is so yeah. good yeah i it was, was like, good in black I... and white too but yeah she was really sexy she's a mm-hmm. bombshell but let's get into it let's go over the all right let's start points so we open with a woman screaming and some ghostly moaning and laughing Oh and my then, god, so fucking loud. Caesar was like, are you watching porn? Like, from the other room. He's like, what the fuck is that? I'm sorry, what kind of porn is Caesar watching that those are, I don't like, think touch any. points? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the laughing is he so He doesn't know what it sounds like. Yeah, it's scary. Uh, and then we have a zoom in on the, like, disembodied face of someone who introduces themselves as Watson Pritchard. He is the owner of the house on Haunted Hill, he tells us seven people have been murdered in the house and he's only spent one night there, but he was almost dead in the morning when they found him. His face pans out and then we see the house pan in and the house is super, I'm, I'm like, ew, it's so ugly. It but is then, kind of ugly. But then you like look it up and it's like a storied architecture piece. Like it's a Frank Lloyd Wright house. It's like super Oops. famous. <laughs> and I was like, well, I thought it was ugly. <laughs> so sorry. Ooh, I have bad taste, so it's fine. <laughs> It's just like a cement brick, basically. <laughs> so we see the house and then overlaid in a like translucent camera shot is Vincent Price and his mustache. He oh, explains man. the premise of his party that he's holding, uh, which is that he has invited five people who desperately need money and he'll pay $10,000 to whoever can remain in the house for 12 hours. And it was Did his you- wife's idea. Did you okay? So I googled how much ten thousand dollars. I be did. Today. It would be roughly a hundred thousand dollars today, is what I found out. Insane. That's so a lot of fucking money. Crazy. Eat so the rich. I, eat the rich. I know I, I say that every time, but I mean it every we, time. Yeah, we mean it every time. 
Are you burping? I am burping. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Quietly. Sorry I called you out. (laughs) I only called Uh, you out because I was also suppressing a burp. So I was like, if I bring attention to Rebecca, no one will know. (laughs) But I admit it. I am sorry. I feel connected. We just (laughs) suppressed a burp across 3,000 miles. (laughs) So our guests are Lance Schroeder, who's a test pilot. Ruth Bridgers, who's like a columnist or journalist. Uh, Our drunk house owner, Watson Pritchard. Dr. David Trent, a psychiatrist. And then Nora Manning, who works at like one of Vincent Price's companies. Oh, and Vincent Price's character's name is Frederick Lauren. 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 Such a good last name. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then I was like, the house has unusual art deco slash industrial architecture. Really, I was like, it's fucking ugly. And it's made of cement, <laughs> so it looks double ugly. Although I do like a dash of brutalism here and there. Yeah, it's severe. It's a severe. Severe. Art. The house is well furnished. It's dusty. They realize that they're all strangers and no one has ever met their host. Uh, Then we have a door creakily closed by itself. The chandelier is shaking. And we see Mr. Lauren, a.k.a. Mr. Mustache, go to see his super hot wife, Annabelle. They fucking hate each other. It's hilarious. She won't go to the party. She's pissed. The guests are all strangers. And um, they just like throw vitriol at each other they they hate hate each each other other. it's like kind of like maybe foreplay like it'd be kind of hot i think like later on but if they have like a healthy consensual sex life and this was like kind of a game it would be hot but it's actually terrible yeah uh they're just trying to kill each other yeah they want to literally kill each other we'll get to that i guess um and then i just quickly jotted down that the kind of champagne glass they have which is like the wide, more squat one that you would like put an aviation in. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like so much sexier than a champagne flute. I that's what I prefer to drink my bubbles out of because I just fun. feel like unbalanced with a champagne flute. It's just like unwieldy. Um, I, I think my can, mouth is too big for a champagne. I like. I'm she's not single, you guys. Okay, <laughs> get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of like you have to, like, deep throat the entire flute. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is, it's not, it's gross. Anyway. Or don't you make invite that weird, Rebecca like, to your wedding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please don't. I just embarrass um, all, everyone involved. You also, she doesn't want to give you guys a gift. Fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah, he's super possessive. Uh, and then we cut back down to the living room where Watson pulls a knife out of the arm of the sofa, which is like a trick. Oh, um, my God. Trick. Uh, what do you call it? Like case or whatever. Yeah. Chest. Uh, he tells about the murders. Everyone gets hacked up. Some heads have gone missing, etc. Dr. But Trent, it's his, his brother and his, his brother sister. and sister-in-law or something. Sister-in-law. Who, were, yeah. who was killed by her sister. Right. Uh, that's correct. I would like to know more about this story, but we don't hear anything about it. We just know their heads are gone. I'm upset. So Dr. Trent, the psychiatrist, cements himself as the party trying to, like, offer a logical explanation. He's not – he doesn't buy into the ghost stories. And then um, no one believes Watson because they think he's just a crazy drunk. Uh, Frederick comes in, Watson tells him, call off the party, the ghosts are already moving. We find out, yes, they'll be locked in after midnight until the morning, uh, and then 
there's the mention of how the people that have been murdered in the house were four men and three women, the same makeup of the current party. Mm-hmm. They tour the house. There's a blood stain dripping that hits Ruth Bridgers. Uh, they check out the wine cellar. And Mr. Norton was a previous like tenant of the house who experimented with wine, but his wife didn't like his wine, so he was so pissed that he tossed her into an acid vat, which is still there. Which is just casually hanging out still under just the house. Just like, yeah, there's still acid in there. What of it? What of it? Let, let's throw this dead rat in here so I can demonstrate. I that like this that he knew alive. exactly where a dead rat would be. He was like, one moment. <laughs> I love the bubbling noise. Like, what do you think it, like, they actually used? I don't Probably like Alka Seltzer. I don't know. What That's was around in the 1950s? So much Alka Seltzer. <laughs> so then Watson says that all the murders in the house have been wild or violent. Everyone leaves the basement except for Lance, who keeps Nora behind to be predatory and weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, He asks her how she got involved and, like, what her vibe is. And she is just like, I need money because, like, everyone in my family got hit by a car. And, uh... Yeah. Yeah, kind of sad. Sorry. How did that happen, though? But she's the only one who can work, so... We know she's the only one who can work. They poke around a little bit. Lance goes into a room where the door slams behind him. Uh, The lights go down in the cellar and Nora gets spooked. And then she sees an old woman in black and white with white hair kind of like come out of the shadows, then recede. She seems to be floating. So then Nora runs upstairs. She's all scared. And then Lance has disappeared Uh, And then she says there's a ghost. So the party follows her downstairs. The previously locked door is wide open and Lance has sustained a like knock to the head and is on the ground. So this is when we start the setup of Nora's female hysteria, which only grows stronger. Oh, my God. She spends so much of this movie screaming at the top of her lungs. Like, I think she has more moments screaming than she does talking. I want to say. I just feel like if I'm in a haunted house and all this stuff is happening, I don't even like how do you muster up the energy for those kind of like level screams? Like I'm just so emotionally exhausted anyway. (laughs) And like my energy level just as a person is like, yeah, I mean, I'll go out if I have to. But I mean, I don't want to use my legs. I can't yell that loud. I have asthma. So like I can't scream i don't think i could i'd pass out if i screamed that loud but rebecca i don't like want to call you out but like all you talk about is your asthma okay (laughs) me and my exercise induced asthma over here yeah yeah we get it you exercise so where are we here oh so then uh, pritchard says the ghosts are coming closer nora and lance go back to the basement to do some wall tapping um Nora turns around after tapping a spot on the wall and sees the, like, old craggy lady ghost, and she's doing, like, kitty paws. That was such a good jump scare. I was, I, it was, I was scary. like, yeah. I jumped back. She has, like, cloudy eyes, and her face is really craggy, and she's got, like, the kitty paws, and then she kind of just floats away, still holding the <laughs> kitty paw. <laughs> That's how we it was all. really scary at first. <laughs> That's how I walk around my house. Yeah, with my elbows bent and my fingers. Yeah, it's like she's just like in the middle of doing thriller, basically. (laughs) So then Nora encounters Annabelle, uh, who's suspicious and tells Nora that she's in danger. 
Annabelle intercepts Lance in the hall and kind of flirts with mm-hmm. him and says Frederick is planning something and she's really scared. Um, she's his fourth wife. The first one disappeared. The second and the third died under suspicious circumstances. So she's afraid that he's going to do something to her. Then we cut back to Nora in her room. She finds a head in her suitcase, just goes out into the hallway, approaches some ominous curtains, and then a scary monster hand kind of goes over. Oh, shit, this isn't the no, monster hand. No, this is a regular back, hand. Back, back it up. <laughs> a regular hand goes over Nora's mouth. It's an old man saying, come with us before he kills you. Nora goes into the living room, and she's like, I don't want to stay here. She says that so then, like seven times. Several yeah. times. And everyone's like, you're fine. Shut up. Don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> so then we see the caretakers. They're very camera ready and gorgeous. <laughs> it is the craggy ghost from the basement and the old man that has just assaulted Nora. And they're like, okay, we're going to go. Anybody want to leave? But then the caretakers lock up and disappear they just, before like, anybody has the chance to object. Dip the fuck out. Also, Frederick, when he introduces them, he calls. He says, "This is Jonas Slides and his wife, and she doesn't even have a name. She's just the old crone." And I have reduced her, you know, sixty years later to Craggy Ghost. Craggy Ghost That's all I'll lady. Say. Crone. That's what she's in my notes. But I'm a bad feminist. I, yeah. Justice for Mrs. Slides. Mrs. Slides. Mrs. Jonas Slides. Thankfully, she never appears in the movie again after this, so we can absolve ourselves of any guilt and move on. So uh, Vincent Price, Mr. Mustache, Frederick Lauren uh, gives everyone their party favors, which is loaded guns in small coffins. Frankly, I would love one of those small coffin cases. They're really cute. It's what a uh, he's spending a lot of money on. He bought everyone a gun that's that takes planning doesn't it i don't i don't know how hard is it to get a gun in 1959 i don't know but like yeah you have seven guns just hanging out in coffins i don't know it seems like it was a strange choice i was like what there's a lot of work yeah i think the the fact that they all drove up in funeral cars like that was cool I mean, also, like, what mortician is going to be like, sure, make a lark out of my profession and life's work, <laughs> dickhead. I mean, the the movie producers did it, so somebody had to be like, here's here's seven hearses. Good luck. <laughs> Money talk. <laughs> okay, so they go uh, back upstairs because Nora wants to show everyone the head. Uh, there's not a head anymore. Dr. Trent offers her, her a sedative and she freaks out. Only the drunk Watson believes her. Frankly, if it's me, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll take the sedative. Lie down. It'll all be over in the morning, you know? (laughs) Unless somebody killed her, which is what she was afraid of, is that someone's going to kill her, so I guess. But if somebody's going to kill you, like, this just shows, like, how much I don't have any respect for my own, like, life or wellness. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody's going to kill you, don't you just want to be sleeping through it? I, I I guess. I don't know. I feel like that's my personality in a nutshell. <laughs> Is the window open? I want to leave. I don't know. Okay, so then Nora goes missing. Lance finds a head in a closet. And then um, Watson warns that they've taken Nora and she'll soon be one of them. He hears a yell, and then we find Annabelle hanging up in the, like, kind of, like, opening. Or not opening. Like, landing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got it. You, Lance there. sees the ominous curtains moving. 
Nora pops out from the curtain, says, please hide me. There's, like, literally so much happening that I feel like I'm just, like, uh, uh, uh. Well, yeah, every two seconds, something, someone else is doing something crazy. A weird choice. Nora is afraid that Mr. Lauren is going to murder her, um, so she's, like, please hide me. Uh, And then Lance starts to believe her because now that Annabelle is dead, he starts to suspect murder. (laughs) <laughs> and so he hears knocking. It's the doctor. They're going to have a little family meeting to discuss what to do next. Lance tells Nora, just stay in your room with a gun. Uh, and he goes downstairs. Lauren goes to look at Annabelle's body where he finds Watson guarding her, saying he was watching the body so the ghosts don't take her. Then we go to the living room where the meeting commences. They think Annabelle was murdered. They start accusing each other and then agree to go back to their rooms, stay there with their guns until the morning so that any of the innocent people are protected. And if someone leaves their room, they admit guilt by exiting their quarters. Mm. Yeah, so then there's a couple of spooks. The doctor's knob turns, but no one's there. Ruth gets another blood drip, which ultimately comes to nothing. At I was the end like, of the what movie. is this? <laughs> so Watson says it's a blood stain from when a, a little girl died. And he's by like, something... they marked you. Yeah. Yeah, but nothing happens. And we never really, I mean, spoiler alert, never really know are the ghosts real or well, is Watson just a drunk? I don't know. Okay, it's possible to have two things. Okay, let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Lance knocks on Nora's door. He says, I'm pretty sure Mr. Lawrence, the murderer, I'm going to go try to find a way out and then promptly get stuck in a wall, which made me laugh. (laughs) I was like, you're so inefficient. You can't even go down an entire hallway. That's a wall. Like you (laughs) didn't even get close to a door. You're in a wall now. (laughs) So then uh, Nora sees the apparition of Annabelle's ghost. She runs out of the room and sees Annabelle hanging a second time. And this is where the monster ghost hand comes around from the back of the door to get her. And then the organ plays by itself. Y'all know, I feel like we don't need hats on hats from last episode. They're so, yeah, that scene. And or she's putts. screaming this whole time. Hat on a hat, hat on a hat. And she's like <laughs> shrieking everywhere. <laughs> All right, the doctor knocks on Mr. Lauren's door. He says he heard something moving around. They explore. The doctor goes into Annabelle's room, and uh, we see that Annabelle and Dr. Trent, the psychiatrist, are in cahoots. Mm -hmm. They want to murder Frederick for his money, and they're trying to get Nora so worked up into thinking that Frederick Lauren is a murderer that she does the dirty work for them. Because they're trash. Do your own dirty work. (sighs) So Nora does go to the cellar and shoots Frederick, and then... Just kind of stands around, right? Who? No, Nora. she runs. She goes. Yeah, she, she goes screams, upstairs. of course. Yeah, and runs upstairs. <laughs> runs up the <laughs> stairs to find Lance in the wall, <laughs> and then <laughs> the doctor emerges and starts to pull Frederick into the vat of acid. The lights go out. We hear a kerfuffle, and then and a, Annabelle <laughs> enters. And a choking noise. <laughs> Annabelle enters the cellar looking for the doctor. The doors all creak closed very slowly, and there are like 85 doors, and they're like, (laughs) She checks out the acid vat. It's not great news because a skeleton emerges from the acid and approaches Annabelle speaking in Frederick's voice, accusing her of murdering him. 
And then in just the silliest thing I've ever seen, the skeleton like is the doing way the monster it's walking. mash. <laughs> yeah. He's doing the monster mash and he just backs Annabelle into the acid. He's walking he, like, so slowly. <laughs> like so slow. <laughs> And I just, like, it was completely preventable. Like, it was a skeleton on a pulley, and Annabelle's like, I'm going to throw my body back into acid because I'm so perturbed by this trick skeleton. It's not like a, the vat of acid takes up the whole floor. She could just step there to her so left. There is so much floor, Rebecca. She yeah. could have gone anywhere except the acid vat. Go anywhere. Just because the doors closed doesn't mean you can't open them again and run out. There's a lot of ways I think that it could have been. And I'm the one that's like, give me a sedative and then murder me. I don't give a shit. But even this, I was like, I think she could have gotten out of this. This is So then Frederick reveals that he has had an elaborate pulley system and he was controlling the skeleton. He knew that um, the doctor and Annabelle were trying to murder him the whole time. And he was playing the murder game as well. Lance is still stuck in the wall. (laughs) (laughs) And then Laura runs up and she's like, I shot Mr. Lauren. I think he's dead. And then I think Lance gets out of the wall at this point. He's out. Yeah. He was was in the bathroom when she went and told everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mr. Lauren is just standing there next to the acid vat. Um, He says Nora's gun was loaded with blanks. And then he tells a a modified story of the deaths, saying that there was a tussle and David accidentally fell in the vat when they were trying to, like, he was trying to fight him off. And then Nora slipped, which is, like, almost accurate, but not quite. But no. And then Watson ominously says, now there are nine. They're coming for me. And now they'll come for you. And And looks to camera. The movie is complete. He does looks to camera. And he has kind of nuts. So eyeballs. <laughs> and but the more rattling and shrieking and laughter play us out to the end credits. To and the end. we're left with more questions than answers. I, I am truly. Because a lot of really intense things happened. Like yeah. a lot of people were murdered. Mm-hmm. The ghosts are super intense. We have to assume that uh, the doctor and Annabelle set up all the scares but Watson is obviously petrified of something he's experienced before. Yeah, I don't I'm not convinced that the ghosts are real. I think I think that it was just Annabelle and Dr. Trent. I don't yeah, I don't know. And they we paid don't, off the caretakers, obviously. Obviously. Although so Dr. Trent says something weird about the Oh, the caretakers not knowing what they were doing or something. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was strange. So I'm like, were they in on it or are they just like creeping around in the cellar for no reason? I mean, but you can't just float. She was floating. Like she was fully floating. And uh, so they rang. And like the kitty, the kitty cat paws isn't like a resting stance for any human person. She should have been hissing. Like that's what. Like like that's the like paws out i don't know it's strange i hope we don't have to put like a picture up on the instagram to demonstrate what the hell i took a screenshot so you did it i did (laughs) i'm sure it's really attractive i'm sweating a lot in here i love it you gotta drink more alcohol so you sweat more yesterday we blew a fuse when we were going to bed so we had to go to sleep And the fuse box is in the basement where we have, like, a neighbor that lives in the basement. Oh, yeah. And he was already, like, locked in for the night, and it was midnight. 
So we had to sleep without a fan or like any white noise, which I've never done before. And it was horrible. I was like, I hate it. That sounds horrible. I don't know that I could fall asleep. I didn't sleep very well at all. So I'm going to get drunk and then have the fan on tonight and just be in bliss until (laughs) tomorrow morning I wake up and have to do my job. Gross. Gross. I can't wait till this is our job. Yeah, guys, we do have a Patreon. Uh, it's in our link tree on our <laughs> Instagram page. In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. Wait, and shout I'll... out to my friend Jocelyn for being our, our patron. She just signed up yesterday. Everyone gets a shout out because, you know, you don't have to do this shit. Yeah. We appreciate it. And my mom gets a yeah, shout out. Yeah, thank you, Wendy. Wendy. Yeah. Um... Wendy sewed me some face masks at the beginning of the pandemic that I use regularly. She do, she's a talented uh, seamstress. What do you call someone who sews? You were there, seamstress. Seamstress, just, okay. All you had to do was just say the word. And, yeah, and not mumble. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to do that. So, of course, in this movie, we have the through line through of female hysteria. And, like, we, of course, have our – we have our virgin – we have our whore, and oh, we yeah. even have a little bit of a mother, too, I would say. Oh, yeah. And Ruth? Ruth is only there to fill out the four to three, like, male to female quota. Uh, she's always referred to as Ms. Bridgers, never her first name. She has essentially no dialogue, and the only time she really, like, moves the plot forward at all is when she kind of, like, stays with Nora to make sure she is, like, relaxed and doesn't freak out. And even then, she's in a different room. She's just in her own room, yeah. She's not like... (laughs) And then we have, like, the blood dripping on her hands, so we think, like, she has been marked or something significant will happen, but it just becomes, like, kind of her thing. She's like, oh, I got blood dripping on my hand again. She wipes it off and is like... (gasps) She looks around, yeah, yeah, a little scared, and then it's (laughs) fine. (laughs) So I would say she is either nothing... Or she's, like, kind of the mother figure. But she's mostly nothing. I think she's nothing. Poor Ruth. I liked Ruth. She's also... So we learn in the beginning so some of the reasons why these five people need money. And Ruth is a gambler. So, yeah. So we know, like, very little... And she writes for a newspaper. She's a newspaper columnist. And she's allegedly writing a story about ghosts. For her column. It would actually be a pretty great story that she ended up with. Right. I hope I hope she I hope went on went to well. great fame. Yeah. Me too. I hope she wrote a book. She deserves it. So, of course, Nora is the virgin, kind of like final girl archetype. She is brunette. Oof. Oof. Yeah, she is brunette. She is, like, innocent. She uh, turns to Lance really frequently because she doesn't have, like, agency or autonomy and doesn't feel equipped to protect herself. She um, is notably probably the most impoverished person there uh, because she has the lowest-ranking secretarial job, and she works for uh, Mr. Lauren. So there is already an embedded, like, uncomfortable power dynamic in that situation before she enters the space. And everyone is creepy with her. Oh my god, right? All of the male characters. Annabelle also is a little creepy with her. It's, I, she just, yeah, I, it was, I hated it as her as a character. She, like, 
is only ever screaming. She can't save herself. And then anytime she tries to have any of her own independent thoughts. And like do something. It, she it gets backfires shot down. Or yeah. just like turns to dust. Exactly. Yeah. Like I really wanted her to have the moment of validation of finding the head in the suitcase. But then yeah. instead Lance gets to experience like the validation of finding a head in the closet and being like, hello, everyone believe us. Something is happening. But then Lance gets to be the one that is believed and has faith put in him. And uh, Nora still has to be like in hysterics and completely crazy and untrustworthy. He also is very casual when he takes that head out of the closet. He's he like, doesn't seem worried about it. Here's he looks a head. like a man that has dealt with a decapitated head before. He seems like he's got some in his own closet. I yeah. hate Lance. Ugh. I hate all of the men in this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. Let's. Oof. We deep dive into David Trent, but he doesn't deserve it. He is true Garbaggio. Yeah. The relationship between Nora and Lance is also introduced right off the bat. They don't like, even it's give just her. Assumed. They give yeah. us no. Like, she doesn't even acquiesce because he basically traps her in the basement. And he, so he saves her from the falling chandelier, which is also oh, so annoying. That. Yeah. And then he, yeah, he closes the door behind, <clears throat> behind everyone else so that he and Nora are alone in the cellar. And she tries to open it again. And then she walks away from her him and he chases her. It's, I don't know, it was really annoying. And then He's... she just gives in. Yeah, like, well, I guess I'm safer just, like, giving in to the predatory advances of this man instead of, like, literally knowing no one and trying to shut everybody down left and right as I move through this, like, night. Mm-hmm. And he, she asserts the things that she's seen, like the apparition that when they're knocking on the walls in separate rooms, and he said, if it came out, I would have seen it, and just never believes her. She storms away from him and then, yeah, gives in right away. I don't, I don't know. And then it's also telling that Annabelle and the psychiatrist, Dr. Trent, choose her as the sort of, like, crux of their planning because Mm -hmm. they know she won't be believed, like, societally and basically based on her personality type she's exactly the right person to completely emotionally manipulate and destroy in service of their goals because they see her as weak but is she really weak or is she weak because of the systematic oppression and frustration she's experienced on not like in the world and then on a macro micro level in this situation it's also scary that women were put into institutions and lobotomized for hysteria like it's terrifying like this yeah, is a reality more victorian with it like whenever lobotomies, i know last podcast did a lobotomy episode that was really informative hey. and kind of like scary brutal yeah before like lobotomies were invented they were just like masturbating ladies with the like masturbation machines to relax yeah. their hysteria maybe just like give them a choice and of what to do with their own lives and then they won't have to be manually masturbated yeah Yeah. (laughs) leave them alone like we know what to do better than you do (laughs) oh god but yeah they say they talk about women's hysteria so much and Dr. Tren is, even though he's manipulating the entire situation he's talking about how she's going into hysterics all the time Because she's experiencing scary things and no one believes her, so. And it's, 
to the point where she can't really like perceive the difference between reality and her own psychosis because they're telling her that she's hallucinating Mm -hmm. and she's losing her mind. So like she has no support or way to regain agency because they're just continually pounding and saying like, nope, you're fucked up. Nope, you're no, you're wrong. Like, et cetera. I feel bad for Nora, but I mean, it's like sort of how I feel about Betty Draper. I like want <laughs> I want justice for these characters because they're written in a way so that we hate them mm-hmm. and we dislike them and we dismiss them for their weakness, even though like Betty Draper is a complete product of her time. So is Nora. And then they react appropriately to situations based on their social conditioning and the viewer is still designed to hate them. Like, it feels frustrating to be manipulated as a viewer that way. Right. Even though we're all... I mean, I did like Nora. I liked her stone-cold stare. And, like, she didn't... I don't I don't know. Did people kiss in movies in 1959? At least it wasn't like today they would be making out or whatever. They'd probably just be full-on fucking. Full-on fucking, No, that's yeah. not true. We would see Annabelle and the Doctor fuck, but we would see... Yeah. We would see Nora, like, tease Lance and, you know, be a prude. Uh, I do. I mean, I know we are also supposed to hate Annabelle. I love her. She was my I favorite character. I fucking love her. I was like, yeah, poison that motherfucker. Fuck him. You deserve his money. He's the worst. Even though, you know, we talk. Vincent Price is, you know, like, kind of hot. Would sit on his face. <laughs> Specifically. No, I don't know. I'm not, like, not super sold. I think... His he's like tall and he has a nice voice. That's that's. I think his voice is so weird. Can you do an impression of Vincent Price? (laughs) No, I'm Frederick Lauren. (laughs) Frederick Lauren. Lauren. (laughs) I've invited all these guests and they now I'm now I'm British. Forget it. I can't do it. (laughs) It's okay. Sometimes like fancy white people accents from America just do kind of sound like British accents. They do. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, Annabelle is awesome. She has agency. She is con- in control of the situation to an extent. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I mean, she doesn't feel fear or apprehension about expressing her needs. And mm-hmm. just because they're not what like Mr. Lauren wants to hear, she still is like, fuck you. I know you probably murdered other women and I definitely hate you. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she's yeah, she's it's refreshing. definitely a upfront with her her straight up distaste for her own husband. I mean I liked when she said like marrying you was no mistake. It's unpleasant but not a mistake. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. And then he's talking Vincent says something about the ghouls in the house and she darling, the only ghoul in the house is you. Like it's just so good. So many good lines. Their dialogue was a whoops. <laughs> My headphones just popped out technical difficulties <laughs> beep uh she her the dialogue between her and frederick was the most enjoyable part of the movie for me yeah even it was... though it's like based in a really abusive like approach to romantic relationships but i felt like because annabelle wasn't without agency i felt more like i could enjoy it as a sparring dynamic yeah because she's she seems self-possessed as opposed to nora who Really can't hold it together. I just wish she had killed him at the end. Like, I really wanted her to murder him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really bummed that Annabelle died. I was, when she died, I was like, no, this vat of acid has been fake the whole time. That's what I really wanted it to be. 
But he killed her. He straight up killed her. You saw the conveniently placed rat disappear into the acid. Uh, Well, yeah, but they could have faked that. But then fucking Vincent Price just strolls away having murdered two people because he's a white guy and he's like, let the He's like, I'll go to court. Like, I'll let them. Only God can judge me. I know that was super annoying. Gross. On that note, so he fulfills the trope of the kind of eccentric millionaire. Mm. He is a white man manipulating the lives of random people that he doesn't even know for his own amusement. He could simply redistribute his wealth. Redistribute? Redistribute? Redistribute. Redistribute. But instead he makes it a game for his benefit. And actually we don't even know if they get paid out at the end. I assume they do, but... I would not assume that they, because Annabelle, so Annabelle says, he keeps calling it her party, like we had said before, and then she says, why don't you let all these people go home and pay them for their time, give them the money that you promised them, and he's like, no, 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 where's the fun in that, and is just such a prick about it, and he, he walks away free, and Annabelle is dead. I, so I don't, I'm, there's no guarantee that they were And paid. all she was really trying to do was get out of a shitty marriage. Yeah. And I'm, how does a woman in 1959 get out of a shitty marriage except to turn to another white man that can offer financial security and protection? I A.K.A. Mean, Dr. Trent. God, I hate Dr. Trent, too, though. Yeah, he looks like a toe. <laughs> acts like one, too. Yeah, you fucking toe. And I yeah. didn't say toad. I said a big toe. <laughs> Rose. Do you guys um, like the wine edition of the podcast? I feel drunk. With glee. Um, (laughs) Best friend time. Uh, Yeah, Dr. Trent is manipulating women because I think he's also manipulating Annabelle for the money that she is going to supposedly get from Frederick. And so he's manipulating her, manipulating Nora, setting her up to seem like this hysterical woman who is seeing things. He's the worst. And I don't. He just, his voice is annoying, and I don't like the way that he talks, so. You were just horny for his voice, like, five minutes ago. Not Trent. Oh, shit, I thought we were talking about We were about talking Mr. about Trent. I was, I was going um, on a rant about how yeah, much I the hate Dr. Thing. Trent. Sorry, yeah. I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. Everything's good here. So, do we think that Frederick Lauren killed his first three wives? Absolutely. Yes. We I definitely so. know that, Yeah. We're on the side of he's a serial killer. He's a wife serial killer. He's a black widow. What a type. Why don't we call men who kill their wives black widows, but we call women who kill their husbands black widows? Because That's... it's completely normal for men to kill their wives. Oh, <laughs> God. Women killing the patriarchy. their husbands is an aberration. Ugh. Disgusting. Did uh, you watch that documentary on Netflix about the guy that killed his wife he like just suffocated her yeah what the fuck was it called chris watts that story yeah that motherfucker the family family annihilators shit are it's crazy i did watch it like people walk around like that and it's always men and if a woman goes missing her partner fucking did it dude it's always the husband and if adam goes missing i fucking did it (laughs) (laughs) if caesar goes missing i did not because i don't think i could bring myself to murder and i definitely couldn't bring myself to murder him no i would never murder adam he's too big too much cleanup (laughs) no i love adam adam i'm not gonna kill you i feel like that has to be like a lie 
There's so much. We need the ghostly screams from the beginning. The of The theremin music. There's so much. Like, yeah. Bleh. Oh my god. Like in all. Of Can the- you imagine like an eight year old kid that's like, Mom, I want to take theremin lessons. <laughs> that person it's so is a weird. serial killer. <laughs> How is it not like a dead art? I think it's fun. In uh, did you ever watch Frank? With Frank, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and he's wearing the big head. It sounds so familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, his yeah. name? What's his name? I don't know. <laughs> I watched that with a guy I was dating. I loved it. I love that movie. But she plays the theremin, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. Oh yeah. Well, good for you, Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. <laughs> so, did you read about what this movie is best known for at its release? Yes, the gimmick I did. they did. It's oh, so gimmicky. I love it. I well, apparently a lot of the shit in this movie is carnival props, which makes sense mm-hmm. uh, because they look like carnival props. <laughs> but the gimmick is called Amerigo. And in some theaters where the movie was screening, a pulley system was set up to fly a plastic skeleton over the audience at the end of the movie where the skeleton emerges, <laughs> which like, can you imagine how fucking freaked out you'd be? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not. I don't know. I guess you would have to know what it was like to watch movies for the first time in the 1950s. But like, it was probably pretty was nice. Not scary. Yeah, but it was probably fun. I mean, the skeleton we saw was definitely made of plastic and you could see the rig on it, but it was still fun. It was still fun. It was very fun. Even the way it was moving like a T-Rex that like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was. I can't I stop doing it. <laughs> I wish you could see the way she's dancing right now. The way you're dancing, everyone else. We won't post a video because it's shameful. No, there is none. (laughs) Uh, But, and then he comes out with this, like, huge apparatus on his body that he was, like, controlling. I was like, I think you could just use, like, one rope, you know? I was like, just hang it from the ceiling. I don't... (laughs) It was... (laughs) It was pretty funny. Also, whose skeleton is that? Because we never see the skeleton of... Uh, fucking Dr. Trent, because I'm assuming he threw him in the vat of acid. I believe he threw him in the vat of acid, but how so, do you get a skeleton out of the vat of acid? The once it's in there. skeleton had to have already been planted, so it was either fake or it's like one of his other wives' skeletons. He just carries it around. <gasps> you never know. It's good to be prepared. Throws it in the suitcase. That Gotta head... have Narcan and a skeleton. The head that Nora finds in the suitcase is so I wasn't even sure it was supposed to be a head and I it was, was kind of mushy right it was like yeah like waxy looking yeah so whose head is that is it fake but that's Dr. Trent and Annabelle who set up the head oh my god imagine if Dr. Trent was like a corrupt psychiatrist grave robber or something he was probably I don't know we're finding a lot of ways to make this movie more interesting manipulate <laughs> He was manually masturbating women in his office. I'm <laughs> sure of it. Blah. Blah. Uh, I can't imagine. Like, I rely so much on my therapist. And I think, feel like, imagine going to a psychiatrist as a female identifying person or non-binary identifying person or black person, any kind of marginalized person in 1959 and going to a psychiatrist's office and it's that motherfucker. Like, how many marginalized people just suffered through treatable, like, livable mental illnesses because assholes just didn't believe them and the system was designed to keep them unhealthy and keep them marginalized? 
And then they were locked away or and kept untreated. And yeah, then when like all ever... you need is an SSRI. But I guess when are when were SSRIs invented? I don't around. I that think you t- just had to go on like lithium in 1959. <laughs> Sounds like fun. I don't. Yeah, what everyone was doing. Uh, lo- pray. What do you ludes? Quaaludes. Quaaludes. I almost called it prelude, and that's not right. I only know what quaaludes are in my... It's only committed to my memory because Penny Lane ODs on them in Almost Famous. Oh, yeah. Remember? I do remember that. My uh, senior quote in my yearbook from high school was from Almost Famous, but I don't want to tell you what it was. Tell me. Please (laughs) tell me what it is. Oh, my God. Okay, you guys. Let me find it online. (laughs) It's, kinda, it's, also, it's long, you guys. It's not cool. I wasn't we didn't like a cool have person. quotes in our yearbook. I'm glad because I'm sure I would have put something fucking stupid in there. It My a- um, Okay, this is it. I'm not happy about it. Yes. I always tell the girls, never take it seriously. If you never take it seriously, you never get hurt. You never get hurt. You always have fun. And if you ever get lonely, just go to the record store and visit your friends. This is the antithesis of any time after my high school experience because I always took it seriously. I always got hurt. I never had fun. And I always got lonely. (laughs) (laughs) That is shameful. But you know what? I I wear proudly. I loved every second of it. I loved the voice. Someone in my high school... And I can't remember who it was. And it doesn't matter because they're dead to me. Uh, (laughs) Their senior, no, I don't know. <laughs> Their senior <laughs> quote was, what's Tater's precious from Lord of the Rings? Oh, <laughs> <The> God. <laughs> See, like, I'm sure mine would have been stupid. I'm sure everyone else's would have been dumb. I just don't think I like quotes. I Unless they're There's from movies. There's no quote that defines my life, okay? Yeah. I contain multitudes, you guys. Okay, that's not true. I lied. There is one quote that I do want to get tattooed on me, but it's a song lyric, so it doesn't technically... You have matter. to tell. I we, I showed you mine. <laughs> it's you so have to show me yours. so fucking stupid. Um, so, I'm going to sound so douchey when I say this, too. Because... Do you hear what I just read to you? <laughs> but I was only 18. So one of my favorite albums, one of my favorite bands, Neutral Milk Hotel, in an airplane over the sea, one of the lines is how strange it is to be anything at all. And I think that's like very concise and fun. And I think it'd be a fun little tiny tattoo like on my you know what? Collarbone. So. Don't feel shame because that <laughs> album meant a lot to me and that album meant a lot to a lot of people. It means a lot that to me. Like, yeah, that's like a formative album. It I really love that is. album. Uh, but I'm anyone listen to it and cry tonight. <laughs> anyone who's not into it is like, this is what Caesar says when I put that album on. He's like, what the fuck is up with all these horns? Like, it's horn heavy. Oh, yeah, it is. And there's like one just like instrumental horn track, and I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Me like mm, vibing out yeah. alone. Yeah, oh exactly. my god. Anyway, what are we? What is this I don't podcast even, why about? Why are we here? <laughs> so and then there's also i so i just listened to our friday the 13th app and i said conflation like 85 (laughs) times and guess what i'm gonna say it again we have the conflation of evil with ugliness in the caretaker so like as i was saying i'm calling the female caretaker mrs slides craggy ghost and literally that's like just what she looks like she's blind 
and she's like old and so she has wrinkles she has wiry hair but we are scared of her because she doesn't conform with what our like beauty standard is and thus she is evil and or scary there's also in that scene in it's such a good scene too of like the the jump scare is there's a juxtaposition between Nora our beautiful constantly commented on how beautiful she is young protagonist and then this old craggy ghost and the like you go shot from Nora shot to the caretaker right shot to like back and forth tw- a couple times and it, I thought it was like okay you're really hammering it home how yeah, she's scary like, she's, and she's not scary yeah like she's not okay. camera ready as I mentioned <laughs> But Poor even thing. that, like, even that, what I just said, is, like, ableist. Like, mm-hmm. she is, so she's blind, so, like, she hasn't, she hasn't a need to, like, tend to her appearance, but she's still conceivably competent to get her job done. But They're not really doing the job, though, because the house is covered in It's pretty dusty. Webs. Yeah, But no dust. one gives a shit, like, who cares? <laughs> It's if you had be. an employer that was scared shitless to go in a house and never came, I also wouldn't do that much of a like yeah. much work. You know? I just hang out with my husband in there, like she's doing. So, yeah, they're probably having like perfectly nice days, and we're shading them for being old and ugly. That's <laughs> fucked up, you know. Good for the slides. They got the fuck out. They ain't dead. They're, they're not living. dead, and they got paid. They secured they- the bag as mm. well. <laughs> they should have gotten ten thousand dollars just for dealing with everybody's right. bullshit. They have like, to... hey, uh, Mrs. Slides, you're super ugly. Do you want to pretend to be a really scary ghost? <laughs> what a like, conversation! Pay the woman. Yeah. <laughs> also, like Watson is the is the owner of the house, which I don't get because he's a drunk and he needs also needs ten thousand dollars. I'm confused. Right. Is Frederick paying him to rent because he's renting out the house? That's what he's his voiceover him, I says. I believe he's paying him for the rental. But not to stay in the house the whole night. So yeah. he doesn't have to stay there, right? And so was Watson's brother, who died, was he Was he the original owner of the he house? Was the, well, I think it like came down their family, right. but his brother was the elder brother, and based on patriarchal power structures, thus owned the house. And when he died, he passed it to his younger brother. I just want to know what happened. With the brother-sister decapitating situation. Do you want to make a spinoff? Let's do it. Okay, so we only know about four of the ghosts. We know the little curl- girl ghosts. And we the know blood puddle. The blood. No, that's the little girl. The little girl, the blood, right. blood puddle. And then the two, the decapitated heads, and then the wife in the vat of acid. That's only four. There's three unexplained ghosts. Right. Wandering. Are they? We'll around. write them. Yeah. Here's what I propose. Let's get really high and really drunk and just, like, write this just, movie. Just, like, fucking go with it. And then... We'll shop it around. We'll become millionaires. <laughs> I'm so down. <laughs> I'd love to do anything but what I do right now. Uh... I also... I'm not going to say I hate my job, but capitalism is pretty exhausting. Mm. And then my favorite thing is when people are like, if you hate capitalism so much, why do you, like, have a job? And I'm like, oh, should I starve just because, like... I don't want to live in an imperialist police state. We also function in this society, so we are allowed and should actively be criticizing it all of the time. So that's a bunch of bullshit. It's it's completely our right to do so and to demand more from like the power structures that have benefited a very limited, you know, sect of people for generations. 
But it's also really easy to say, like, oh, demand more from capitalism and your job when we're all just, like, barely holding our mental health and financial health together right now. I'm not holding it together right now. So whatever, it's fine. I swear to God, I disassociate, like, 60% of the day when I'm supposed to be working. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine having to, like, look at a screen. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything at all. Do you know how infrequently I shower? I wake up and I come to this couch and stare at my computer, and then I'm like, when did I shower? (laughs) People have to tell me to shower, a.k.a. Adam. Adam has to tell you to shower. I unfortunately see the public all the time, so... If you guys are going out for dinner, tip your servers handsomely, please. Yeah. Also... Sorry if you're not doing well right now. You're not a lot man. I'm sorry. We, you know, I hope this podcast is fun for you. It's fun for us. And I it's have like a lot of fun. I look forward to us. recording all week. I do too. And I, you know, have my procrastinating tendencies. But, like, even with this, even the things that, like, I should be doing, I, like, enjoy doing them. Even though I put yeah, them you, a little bit. Rebecca, you make drawings like pretty much faster than anyone I know. It takes me six months to do a drawing that takes you like two days. It has to, I have to be in the right mindset for it. But I'll like make a one week I will draw every day or paint every day and then I won't do it for three months. I don't know. I get, I get tired out emotionally. Brains just do weird things. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts about the movie today? I... I hate. I Lance. would like to plug the mid-century typeface that they use for the credits. It's delightful. <laughs> I um, hate all the male characters; are all the worst. But they none of them get their just desserts. Even Doctor Trent got a off-screen death. Boring. I know. So Poor annoying. Annabelle gets hung up twice. She has to be up on this in this fucking in apparatus thingy, in a corset yeah. two times, and then she's floating out the fucking window. How? So how is they? How are they doing that? Like she's oh my God. doing and the all the rope, lifting. The rope like creeps around Nora's feet. I was like, sure, you guys. But yeah, she's doing all the legwork for this plan. And I feel like it's not cool what this movie did to her. She didn't get a good edit, and like, I feel like. If anybody is our anti-hero and someone that we, like, revere and sort of, like, respect in the plot of this movie, it's designed to be Frederick Lauren. And Annabelle is supposed to be, like, a slut whore that we hate instantly because she's only in it for the money. But, like, fuck that narrative because Annabelle is in a pretty abusive relationship and she's just trying to find a way out of it. And I think, like, demanding more and demanding money for, like, your labor and the bullshit you go through isn't bad like you should do that i yeah i agree she's i don't know she's so cool she's like sexy and mean and snipey but also like caring towards nora like she advises her not to walk around the house alone and says that she's she only is like manipulative and shitty to the men which i completely support do it they deserve it and she's wearing a great gold bustier for half of the movie that you couldn't tell it was gold but in the purple jacket in the purple yeah, jacket yeah and if you guys are going to go to watch this movie it is in the public domain so mm-hmm. don't pay for it don't pay for it i didn't pay for it um there is did i go through my favorite line i did say my favorite line say it again the darling the only ghoul in the house is you that's you. my favorite you And then when she's showing Nora her room, she's like, this is your room. Depressing, isn't it? Like, she's just so, 
I love it. I love the cynicism. And but, here's a shout out to that ominous curtain that did a lot of work in this movie. The, yeah, that like the heavy ominous velvet, velvet curtain. curtain. Yeah. And a lot of the plot kind of hinged on that curtain, to be did. honest they, with you. The curtain <laughs> did a lot of heavy lifting as well. I hope the curtain got paid and negotiated a fair salary. But I mean, I hate Frederick. I hate Lance. I hate Dr. Trent. Watson Pritchard is fine. A better I'm, ending to this movie is Annabelle, Ruth, and Nora team up to push all of the men that have been pissing them off all night into the acid vat. Yeah. Yeah, I wish Ruth got more lines. They do also comment on her beauty, though. Like, she talks about being haunted, and then Frederick says male ghosts would definitely want to haunt you, and it's just weird. He also Ruth talks about... A, like, Ruth could have been such a more robust character. Like... The men got to run around and get stuck in walls and do this and that. Like, why couldn't she be doing that as well? Lance was so boring. I wish he didn't talk half of the time. I honestly can't remember what he looks like, and I just watched the movie a few hours ago. <laughs> he also, like... All the men just had, like, 50s man face. 50s man face. It's And voice. It's fair. He mm-hmm. is making all of these decisions for Nora because she's hysterical and can't do it herself. Oh, but like, he just when they have the communal meeting... And that, like, the doctor's like, oh, I didn't invite her to this meeting because it doesn't concern her. Like, yeah. you don't fucking know what concerns her. You don't know her. You don't fucking know her. And then they, when they're pulling out the guns, she hesitates to take one because some stranger is, is giving her, her a, a handgun in a fucking mini coffin. And she's like, she's hesitating. And, Lan- and Lance says, go ahead, take it. Like, it's any of his fucking business. Let her do what yeah. she wants. Get like, off Like, you only, like, allied, allied yourself to her by just trapping her physically in a room and making her kind of, like, buy into your relationship and lay down a level of trust so you don't, like, probably assault her. So, yeah. no. It's a no for me, dog. It's a no for me, too. Every man in this movie gets 0 out of 10. <laughs> Annabelle gets 500 out of 10. 500 out of 10. Yeah, she's yeah, she's hot. She's manipulative. I love it. She's a bad B, and I stan it. All right. Did that sound natural? <laughs> stan? Yeah. Yeah. I, stan, I love- stan comes from our generation, It is. Guys. It's an Eminem song. It's an Eminem song that we listened to before you whippersnappers were even... <laughs> Out of diapers. <laughs> We're assuming that oh, that younger people are listening to this, and I, what younger person would Rebecca. want? Nobody's listening. What? <laughs> they don't All fucking right. know. I love you. I love our listeners. We oh, have wait. a Patreon. Did oh, we what? plug? Yeah, we should plug. Our Instagram I was just trying is... to plug you. Oh, okay, inter- I'm sorry. Because you said all right, so I thought you were done. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I was oh. like feeling our plug time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, we're not drunk. Uh, <laughs> so our Instagram is spooky succubus underscore cast. That has a link tree to where you can listen to us on Apple and Spotify, our website, and our Patreon. If you'd like to go directly to our Patreon, feel free. It's uh, patreon.com slash spooky succubus cast. We have some juicy tears for you. And we're super excited to record our first bonus up in just a couple of days, which will be Jeepers Creepers. So if you want to get in on that. You know what to do. Right. $6.66. And you can hear us just screaming about the creeper who is a, like complete icon of two th- early 2000s culture. That little hair. The tufts of hair. 
It's weird, too, because there's no head hair, but there is the rat tail hair. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that content unless Never you subscribe. Mind. <laughs> Forget you heard that. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.